0: And, um, and all the traditions that go along with it and the order of the day that kind of plays out. Going to church in the morning, hopefully with our, with our family, um, the carol services, um, the beauty of scripture, some of the readings we've, we're having through this service, um, and all the carols and hymns, and I've always really, really enjoyed that. And, and talking about the, the beauty of scripture, we heard um, Jan read um, from Luke 1, where the angel Gabriel visits Mary, and that's a particularly sort of beautiful part of the Christmas um, uh, scripture. And um, I came across another version um, of that uh, piece of scripture, which I thought would be interesting to share with you. And the angel said, uh, I am a messenger of thy Lord, that I may bestow on thee a faultless son. And Mary said, how can I have a son when no mortal has touched me, neither have I been unchaste? And the angel said, so it will be. The Lord says it is easy for me. And we wish to appoint him as a sign unto man and a mercy from us. This decree has already been ordained. It's very similar to the one we heard earlier on, but that reading was from the Koran. That's chapter 9 of the Holy Book of Islam and it's from the chapter called The Chapter of, Mary, of Maryam or The Chapter of Mary. And I thought, how interesting that the, our story of the birth of Jesus is actually in another one of the great, sort of, one of the big world religions and, um, and that Jesus, uh, who is mentioned many times in the Koran, is born of a virgin and lives a faultless, righteous life. Well, is Certainly a great amount of truth in that. I don't want to draw any more parallels to that other than I thought that was really interesting that that actually is in the Koran. And our Christmas story um, also appears um, in the Koran. So there we go. So this is the fourth Sunday of Advent and, um, and our focus this morning is on the Lord of Peace. Um, and we'll see how we've heard how he came down from heaven as a baby um, and, uh, and lived the life that God preordained for him so we can live... A joy-filled life, uh, living in the peace of Christ, and we um, we lit the fourth candle, which apparently is also called the um, the angel candle sometimes, uh, because the angel announced the birth of Jesus uh, and peace to the world. And um, and Keith read you know from Isaiah nine um, that sort of um, you know about the Prince of Peace until was a child is born and a son is given, and that that piece of scripture was written 800 years and before the actual birth of Jesus. So when we say it was preordained, it was preordained by God many centuries beforehand and was revealed um, in Jesus. So what I'd like to do is talk about the peace of Christ and what that means and, uh, and Christmas time. And, um, and the word peace, it comes from the Greek word in the New Testament, um, Irene. So if you know anybody called Irene, well their name means peace. What a lovely name that is. And so when we think of peace, we normally think of quietness and rest and tranquility. Um, And I guess day-to-day, we tend to use it sort of, you know, we hear it in the news, you know, as maybe in sort of national or international terms where we think about national peace. And peace is often described as, or is thought about as simply the absence of war or the absence of, uh, you know, of any kind of, you know, national strife and things going on. And, and described in that way, it's almost like when we think of light and darkness, where darkness is simply the absence of light. Um, and a few years ago, after the end of the Cold War, we were all talking about a peace dividend, uh, which proved, I guess, to be a very temporary, a temporary thing. Because while some countries like ours were taking a peace dividend, many other countries, as we've seen recently, uh, were using that time to sort of plan and scheme I guess technology changes over the centuries but the heart of man never changes so another meaning of the word um, peace is is kind of when we read in scripture it's a peace that comes from us uh, and that we emanate Um, it's a peace that comes from from us Um, and in Galatians uh, 5 we're told um, it says that the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness gentleness and self-control. So these are, this is part of the fruit that we have as believers that others outside of us should be able to feel and recognise in us um, as we're filled with the Holy Spirit. And we should be demonstrating um, what, we, you know, what we show of, of our belief to the world. But another perhaps broader sense of peace is about um, that kind of the relational peace between us as a community of believers uh, where there is harmony uh, as much as we can, and uh, and no animosity, and there are many parts of Scripture that so th- that relate this aspect of peace, you know, quite clearly. In Colossians, and it says, and it says we're told to let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts, um, to which indeed you were called in one body. So as a body, we're called to act uh, with a peaceful with peaceful intentions to each other. And in 2 Timothy. It says, uh, it suggests that we should flee our youthful passions, which you have to say is easier once you get a little bit older. Flee your youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love and peace, along with those who call on the Lord with a pure heart. So we to do this together is a communal aspect of, of peace. And in Mark 9, it says, have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. So this is where Jesus has been describing how we should be different from the world and we should taste different to the world. People should recognise our faith within us uh, and that should be um, felt uh, by other people Um, and so that should be recognisable. It's like having salt in in bread. You can taste it very uh, easily. Um, and, in, and finally in Acts, it says, um, so the church, this is in the early church, and it's describing the, the New Testament uh, period where, or the, the period sort of after, after Christ had uh, gone, uh, been resurrected and gone to heaven. It says, the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was built, being built up and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. So if we want our church to thrive, Uh, and to uh, be a light and a beacon to others in the community walking in the fear of the Lord uh, whilst being comforted uh, with the Holy Spirit is clearly a very good place um, to start. And as we've heard in many of the um, pieces of scripture we've read this morning we have the peace of Christ as well and the peace of Christ is able to when when we recognise that and it's within us is able to calm the chaos of the world it lights our path. It, it's able to grant us peace. And Christ actually grants his believers peace. Um, when Jesus appeared to the disciples in the upper room, um, uh, it, uh, in Luke 24 it says, as they were talking about everything that had happened, Jesus himself stood among them. And what did he say? He said, peace be unto you. And in John chapter 14, uh, um, he, he, he gives, almost like a benediction, he says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you, let not your hearts be troubled, Don't let them, uh, neither let them be afraid. So Jesus wants us to have peace, he wants to give us his peace, um, and he wants us to be able to rely on it uh, and, uh, and not be continually troubled. And then as I was preparing uh, for the talk this morning, I came across one piece of scripture that I almost ignored and sort of put to one side, um, and um, I thought it would be a bit easier to sort of just kind of, you know, just sort of skip over that one, but I'll share it with you. It's from Matthew 10. And Jesus says, do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth, for I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. And that kind of threw me a bit, and I... I thought, but I I felt I'd be a little bit of a propagandist if I just sort of completely ignored it and just sort of concentrated on all the other things. So, so what what does this mean? And I think it's kind of hinted at in that reading from Acts, where it's talking about walking in the fear of the Lord, because nobody said Christianity or, or or being a follower of the way, you know, would be easy. Um, Jesus said, peace I leave to you. Well, why why did he say that? Well, it's because he knew that we would need it. We need his peace. Life is hard and uh, there's lots of joy and happiness and wonderful things in this life. But as most of us, I think, know, um, there's a lot of heartache in this life um, as well. There's lots of very difficult things in this life. So he talked about bringing a sword, not, not peace. But there are so there are two aspects to um, to this element of peace. Many supposed Christians have wielded swords <coughs> over the centuries, or, and wielded swords in the name of Jesus. Many Christians have been persecuted over the centuries and being subject to the sword, and so you know so life is very very difficult and. Um, and fraught with, with trouble uh, for many Christians, even today around the world. And Jesus told us that you know we would sometimes be called to take up our cross and follow him. But here is something in the character and the nature um, of God. So he certainly is the baby lying um, in a manger, and he certainly is Jesus, meek and mild, but he's not only those things. He's not only those things. <coughs> One of the favourite books, Um, That I used to like to the Kim and I used to read to our our children was the Narnia series. I don't know whether any of you have read the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe by C. S. Lewis, and and it's wonderful and it sort of and it 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 pulls on um, you know sort of biblical teaching. So in Revelation five, Jesus is described as the Lion of the Tribe of Judah, and uh, and in the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, the, the Christ figure, the Jesus figure, is the Lion. And um, there are a couple of characters, um, a girl called Susan is one of the main characters, and she's talking to a beaver, Mr. Beaver. And uh, Susan asks, is he quite safe? And uh, Mr. Beaver said, well, who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe, but he is good. He's the king. Uh, And then later on in the book he said, he's wild, you know, He's he's not like a tame lion. So we have a habit sometimes of skipping over, you know, many of the, you know, the hard realities of, you know, our requirement for peace in this world and in the message of Christmas. You know, thinking only of God as loving and friendly and kind and 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 those aspects of His character. Um, But the Bible often uh, refers to, you know, the fear of God and how, you know, that is obviously the beginning of wisdom. Uh, And God is worthy of awe and uh, uh, and 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 that godly fear. That respect that we should give him. So, you know, this God who created the universe is is anything but safe. And he's so holy, 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 uh, that in Exodus, um, you know, Moses asks to see God's face. And God says, You cannot see my face, for no man shall see me and live. He is that holy. And if you remember from the story, um, he asks uh, Moses to go into the cleft of a rock. And as he passes, God puts his hand and shields Moses from, from, from his uh, countenance and he walks past him and Moses is only able to see God sort of walking uh, into the distance uh, because he's, he's, he's so holy. And yet, this holy, awesome God is the God that loves us, each and every one of us who, who rest in him and he wants the best for us. And in John 16, um, Jesus says, I have said these things to you that you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And in Philemon 4, it says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So here we come to kind of like the real essence um, of the Christmas stories, that assurance of salvation. This great awesome God loves us and cares for us at a very personal level. So that assurance can give us a piece of tr- a, a, a tranquility a, uh, and a maybe a contentment with our position wherever we may find ourselves in this world and that we should, in fact, through Jesus, fear nothing uh, from God. Salvation, we need to remember, is because we need to be saved from something. Becoming a Christian is not just becoming a member of a club or a member of a church or fine road or, 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 or taking a title of being a Christian. It's because we're being saved from something. We need to be saved from our holy God. He's so holy and perfect, we can't look at him. We're unworthy to stand before him. And, um, and he saves us from our sin. This baby, uh, Jesus, in the manger, uh, saves his people from our sin. That's what the Christmas story tells us. That's, that's what Jesus is about. Uh, and this baby, who lived the perfect life, who was unjustly punished for our sins, did this for us, and his blood covers our sin. In Romans 5, to finish, it says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God, through our Lord Jesus Christ. And this is the Christmas message. We have the peace and the blessed assurance because of Jesus. Amen.